0: You can get this full audiobook for free on Amazon by clicking on the link in the description. Is brought to you by The Book Guide. A scene from some movie where the life is draining out of the actor in the lead role. In the last moments of his life, he is vexed and questioning his great love. Why are you going? Uh, don't leave me. I'm right here, his lover reminds him. I haven't moved. What? It's not you leaving? Am I the one walking away? Why am I walking away? I, I don't want to leave you. Please don't let me leave. There are some dirty little secrets about success that I'm just waking up to and from. Success as an outworking of dysfunction, an excuse for obsessive compulsive tendencies, success as a reward for really, really hard work, which may be obscuring some kind of neurosis. Success should come with a health warning for the workaholic and for those around them. Success may be propelled by some unfair advantage or circumstance, if not privilege, then a gift, a talent, or some other form of inherited wealth. But hard work also hides behind some of these doors. I always thought mine was a gift for finding the top-line melody, not just in music, but in politics, in commerce, and in the world of ideas in general, where others would hear harmony or counterpoint. I was better at finding the top line in the room, the hook, the clear thought, probably because I had to sing it or sell it. But now I see that my advantage was something more prosaic, more base. Mine was a genetic advantage, the gift of air. That's right, air. Your man has a lot of firepower in that war chest of his. That's the man who sawed through my breastbone speaking to my wife and next of kin, Allie, after the operation. We needed extra strong wire to sew him up. He's probably at about 130% of normal lung capacity for his age. He doesn't use the word freak, but Ali tells me she started thinking of me as the man from Atlantis, that 1970s sci-fi series about an amphibian detective. David Adams, the man I will owe my life to, the surgeon-magician, speaks with a southern twang, and in my heightened Blakean state... I begin to confuse him with the crazed villain of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I overhear him ask an alley about tenors we are not known to run around a stage hitting high notes. Aren't tenors supposed to stand with two legs apart, firmly rooted in the ground, before even considering a top C? Yes, I say without opening my mouth, and before the drugs wear off. A tenor has to turn his head into a sound box and his body into a bellows to make those glasses smash. I, on the other hand, have been racing around arenas and sprinting through stadiums for 30 years singing Pride in the Name of Love, the high A or B, depending on the year. In the 1980s, the stylish English songster Robert Palmer stopped Adam Clayton to plead with him. Would you ever get your singer to sing a few steps lower? He'll make it easier on himself and all of us who have to listen. Air is stamina. Air is the confidence to take on big challenges or big opponents. Air is not the will to conquer whatever Everest you'll encounter in your life, but it is the ability to endure the climb. Air is what you need on any north face. Air is what gives a small kid on a playground the belief that he won't be bullied, or if he is, that the bully will have the air knocked out of him. And here I am now without it, for the first time, in a hospital emergency room, without air, without breath. The names we give God, all breath. Jehovah, Allah, Yeshua, Without air, without an air, without an aria, I'm terrified, because for the first time ever, I reach for my faith, and I can't find it. Without air, without a prayer, I'm a tenor, singing underwater. I can feel my lungs filling up. I'm drowning.